Welcome to episode 171 of Telepractice Today with Kim Dutro-Allen and Dr. Todd Houston. Okay, welcome back to another episode, and I just finished my first week back with students. Uh, It was a little bit of a rough one. Everyone was (laughs) late. Nobody remembered that they were supposed to come. We had (laughs) one kid that I couldn't ever get his mic to turn on, and he was getting really frustrated, and I was getting really frustrated. So, yeah, we're back. And I always just, like, know that that first week is going to be a train wreck. And I kind of plan on it and have just kind of planned on, like, going over and reviewing goals with all of my students. Some of my students, I said, do you know what your IEP goals are? And they said, what's an IEP? Mm -hmm. So (laughs) that was good. And they're they're in seventh grade. They should know by now. But that that was a good start too. some other things I used for getting back in and the start was I found some would you rather questions uh, in boom card form um, that are for more like middle school and high school students. And then something that I've used for several years. So my students that have seen it before, I had to find something new. But uh, Stacy Kraus has a connect with others, I think is the game. Um, and it is uh, Google Slides based and kind of is a game where they can try and move across the board, but it brings up like topics of conversation. So she has one for like back to school and what did you do this summer and other kinds of topics. So I've used that a lot. So I had to find something new for my returning students, but that's one that I really liked too. And we just kind of did some icebreakers, conversation topics, and reviewed goals in, you know, usually the 15 minutes of the 30-minute session that they remembered to come. (laughs) So so if your first week is back is like that, that's fine. Oh, another thing I was going to mention that has been helpful is using Google uh, Calendar and setting up those automatic reminders for students to come, even walking them through, okay, now get on Google Calendar, push accept for that appointment so it will remind you every week. Um, That's something that's been really helpful as well. Yeah, good strategy. Because are the kids, students using Chromebooks and they can Um, just... Something I know that my school has like they have the Google Suite, so and they're on the yeah, they're on Google Classroom and uh, gotcha. Gmail, and they all it's a one to one school, so every every student is bringing their own laptop, which does present some problems too. It sounds like it would be great for telepractice, but I actually would <laughs> rather them just have a dedicated computer. But right. we haven't gotten there yet <laughs> because I'm, I'm not dealing with, with each student's computer having some problem or right. something going on with it. And sometimes they'll like the teachers will lock them out of all of the apps and <laughs> websites that they don't need for that specific class. And then they forget that they were coming to see me that day. So they needed to get on Zoom. <laughs> so. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I still think there's that one saying that someone said a Chromebook is like a laptop, but broken. And I still agree (laughs) with that. So (laughs) Chromebook specifically would not be my first choice for doing telepractice on either person. You and I both have had to deal with those Chromebooks and they they just don't work. Yeah. I just 
drive me nuts when they say, oh, yeah. but I have a Chromebook. It should be fine. <laughs> no. No. Nope. A phone it's usually the teachers. would probably be better than a Chromebook. It's, you know, it's usually the teachers or the parents like, oh, he got this new Chromebook. You should be fine. Right. No. Right. No. 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 And so did you, uh, is this a school you've been at before? Yep. yep. So it's this not is a the new one, school. This is what my one school, I've switched a lot around in my, in the company that I contract with. They've put me everywhere. <laughs> that they can. <laughs> but that is one thing that's good about directly contracting with a school rather than mm -hmm. going through a contract company is that consistency. So this is my right. third year back at the same school. So I'm starting to that's see, good. you know, some of my students graduate and go up through uh, different grades. And it's mm -hmm. nice to have that consistency too. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, let's see. We have on the podcast today, Gina Baldwin. And Gina is actually, uh, she's an, a clinician, an SLP that works with adults. And she's developed an app to help adults that are having communication challenges. App to speak. So she's going to talk to us about what her app is all about. This episode is brought to you by TheraPlatform. If you're a therapist in private practice looking to spend more time with clients and less time on admin tasks, it may be time to consider automation software. TheraPlatform is an all-in-one EHR, practice management, and teletherapy software built specifically for therapists, and it's designed to automate day-to-day -day tasks. TheraPlatform offers a free 30-day trial with no credit card required. Visit theraplatform.com today. Well, Gina, welcome to the podcast. Can you share more about your background? Well, thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, my background, I've been a speech-language pathologist for over 40 years. Uh, my first 10 years I spent with children, uh, ages, school age children, three to 21 for physically and mentally uh, impaired. Mm -hmm. And then I went into adults, acute care, uh, skilled nursing facility, outpatient, out clinic, home health. And currently I'm working with seniors in uh, senior living, assisted living and memory care. And so how did you discover the field way back in the in the day? Way back in the day. Hey, I've been it. almost as long in the field as you have. So <laughs> so I understand. Well, after after high school, I went to junior college and I didn't really know what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, yeah. I always had thoughts of being a teacher, mm -hmm. but they had this like personality career test paper quiz. And so um, actually it wasn't paper. It was, it was on a computer and uh, took the test and basically my personality qualified for many positions, including a teacher, but <laughs> mm -hmm, also mm -hmm. occupational therapy, speech language pathology, and physical therapy. I love the thought of helping people with communication. So I looked into the speech uh, pathology program and loved it. 
And you and you never looked back after that, huh? No, no, I didn't. So you, I think most people would see you, and as you've just explained, more focused on adults, right? At and, at this moment, yes. Yeah. And so, um, so talk to us about what you're seeing today, and as you're working with adults, um, what are some of the challenges that that we're seeing with adults today? The challenge what we're seeing is, uh, especially with having the COVID, we're having a lot of people, you know, still experiencing the effects of COVID. Um, so that would be one one area. Also, the effects of aging, uh, mm-hmm. memory, uh, early early dementia, uh, Lewy bodies, uh, kind of really the gamut. Even you know, people post stroke. Uh, you know, hip replacement. So it's, it's kind of all over the gamut. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. what's, what's some of the uh, effects of COVID that you have seen? Is it just like more of that memory, you know, or long COVID effects, or is there more even like in a population that wasn't necessarily like directly affected with COVID, but kind of the fallout of it? Yes. The, both the direct yeah. and the fallout. The the direct is more affecting their the memory, uh, memory processing, mm-hmm. and then the fallout is the social isolation. Right. Which, right. as we know, when you're isolated, your your brain's not getting stimulated, and yeah. so you're kind of kind of losing your cognition. Yeah. And are, is it starting to cut, like, kind of come out of that, or there's still situations and times where families are not like able to visit, or they don't get as much interaction? At the facilities that I'm at, they're they're open, so okay. families are welcome to come in and and visit. So that's not the social isolation is is not uh, a problem at this point. Oh, that's good. And, you know, what I've been struck by is you know, sort of this place that we're in right now with our healthcare system in the sense that we can prolong life for a longer period of time. And so these older adults are going to have these chronic conditions, but live a very long time. Um, and so I think it's... Uh, making things uh, even more challenging because you could have dementia. You can, you know, for example, I have a father-in-law who has uh, some dementia, but he's healthy as a horse (laughs) physically, but he's probably going to, you know, maybe outlive all of us, but he's, you know, physically doing really well, but he, you know, his memory is, is, is deteriorating. And so it's this long-term care of this, these sort of chronic conditions. Um, is that what you guys are sort of dealing with today? In, in our memory care units, yes. We have uh, quite a few seniors who are up in their age. And, um, you know, the dementia is really kind of affecting, um, as you said, the memory um, some of them are in such a routine that any change uh, would affect them even more. Mm-hmm. So they mm-hmm. 
facilities that I'm at, we try to keep them in their routine, in, you know, the room that they've been in and not make too many changes. And then as therapists, our rehab team, you know, the saying aging in place. So we try to continue helping them with the routine. If they have for communication, they're not able to communicate. We put together a like a communication board or notebook for them. Um, again, it's all based on their individual abilities, and we just try to match their abilities with a form of communication or routine. Yeah, and I I certainly see that with with him as in terms of the routine. If anything changes, it's it really throws them off, and uh, and so that that's been a, a challenge. You know, to see that and, you know, someone who was, you know, I've admired, you know, most of my married life of being around him, a very brilliant man and, and what he did to now, you know, see those challenges happening with him. But any any change in routine and he's he's kind of lost. So we have to we, we work extra hard trying to make sure we're always explaining and keeping him, you know, assured of what's going on. And I think also in in these types of facilities or even in your own personal home, keeping them stimulated with, um, you know, simple brain exercises or even just physical exercises, as well as, um, you know, interacting with them. You know, music is really, uh, really popular, you know, rhymes and idioms and, you know, all different kinds of things that. The seniors can be involved in, you know, even today I saw them with uh, the noodles and a, and a beach ball, you know, they were getting some exercise, but it also, they had to process, they had, you know, to incorporate a lot of senses, senses, which I think is very important for them as well. But with the healthcare, the shortage of healthcare workers affects some of those programs from time to time. Right, right. And that's something we're seeing across the board in a sense uh, of just tremendous shortages everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what my grandma actually lived to be 98 and her body failed her before her mind did. But I think one of her stimulation was good natured arguing with my dad. <laughs> well, that's very stimulating. Yes, it was always good natured, but they would, they had, you know, he'd always go her about, you know, walking out to the mailbox, which for us was like pretty far out and other things that it was just like, they'd argue about the same things over and over again. But I think it did keep her, keep her young. And even I think it was like the night before she passed away that we were all kind of like gathered around and watching her, but we were talking a lot and she wakes up in the middle of the night and is like, would you guys shut up? So we had kind of the the opposite view, but I definitely see that that need for social being social and having a routine. And and so, Gina, you you have developed an app that uh, people are now using. So let's how how did this come about? Well, this came about several years ago, um, working in the skilled nursing facility and in acute care for individuals and that 
had strokes and I had several patients who I was working with, um, you know, they were different. Some one had apraxia, the other one had dysarthria and it just um, was getting frustrated because they were using, you know, a picture word board, which is helpful. And they're communicating to the caregivers, but the caregivers in the closet, picking out clothes, asking them questions. Well, they're answering, but they're not seeing what they're pointing to. And one lady in particular that I had on caseload, when I went to get her for therapy one day, she was on an iPad with uh, on her iPad using Skype to talk to her daughter who lived in Bulgaria. And she held up her picture word board and was pointing and her daughter squinting and tilting her head. And I just saw how frustrating that was. And, And so my thought process was, this board needs to speak. Yeah. So that's when I kind of had my aha moment, you know, we're making all these word picture boards, which are appropriate for some, Mm -hmm. um, you know, very appropriate, but what, what is out there that is, you know, photo based and, you know, easy to navigate. And when I researched, I, I didn't see anything. And that's when I got out a piece of paper and, you know, kind of made my own uh, vision of what I wanted to be developed. And so my husband and I found a software developer that was um, interested in helping us with this project because everybody, everybody needs to be able to communicate, especially, I mean, especially when they're in a medical facility, they need to be able to communicate their medical needs you know, even their personal needs. And so with creating app to speak, it's an app for mobile devices and it's photo based, which is contextual mm-hmm. uh, based. Uh, I found through my experiences that the adult patients, they're more familiar with photos. They relate mm-hmm. more to photos mm-hmm. and Adults who had the ability to speak don't necessarily need to learn core vocabulary or language. They just need a means to be able to communicate everyday wants and needs and and even conversations. So that's how I uh, came up with App to Speak and, and thought of the idea. And so, so walk us through. Walk us through a session of you using the app with with a patient and then or maybe the patient using it with you. So what we do when people reach out to us, we do a virtual con- uh, virtual consultation slash demonstration. Um, so they give me kind of the background of, you know, what their 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 personal background, their physical background and then basically I take them through the three different features of app to speak, which are uh, the preset pages where there's uh, 20 photo items to a page. So there's a total of 80 preset indicating an immediate want or need. So they just touch that button and it, it has a pre-recorded uh, phrase or a word for immediate want or need. And then we have starting on page five, custom pages. That's where the individual adds their own personal photos. They can take a photo within app to speak 
so they can have a whole conversation uh, about a picture of a dentist and they they can have multiple sentences. My tooth hurts. Um, again, it's based on their ability. They could just have one word, dentist or tooth, or again, mm -hmm. all the way up to that whole conversation. And then the third feature is the text-to-speech. So we have quite a few clients who are able to type. And so they type and they can save their frequently used words and phrases in the text-to-speech feature. And if it's not there, then they can just type and then speak what, um, what they haven't saved. So it gives a variety of ways for someone to be able to communicate based on their abilities. Sounds so cool. And so how how do people, so you have to start with a consultation with with you first and then they get access to the to the app. Then yeah. then they can set up a trial. Some okay. of the folks that reach out um, have a speech pathologist, so they may have been referred, and then we take them through the demonstration. Then the local uh, speech pathologist would work with them on the demonstration. If they're here in St. Louis, Missouri, I go out to the different clinics and then do the consultation demonstration and then set people up on the trial. And then again, it's the local speech pathologist that carries through uh, with any additional training. Most of our users, um, they're pretty savvy um, and it's, it's, it's a pretty simple app. So it, it's not difficult to navigate. And if someone does have some physical limitations, there are um, the accessibility features that are built into the iPad. So if they had low vision, and we have some built-in low vision uh, features in it as well, but they can use the accessibility features for low vision, a Bluetooth switch, or the touch accommodations for someone who might have tremors. And then, you know, there are companies out there with the eye gaze technology. So if their mm -hmm. eye gaze technology works on ILS, they can use the the eye gaze. You know, it'd be a separate. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, there are other means for people to access if they do have some physical limitations. And I was going to ask, is it available like uh, it's through, is it um, amp? Sorry, just forgot the word. It's on Apple. Is it on both um, Android devices too, or just for Apple? So we have an Android version right now. It's only supporting the older Android uh, technology. Okay. Um, so if someone has an, an older tablet or, or Android phone, it would work. And it if they go to the Google Play Store, it will let them know which version work on and the ios version supports uh ios version 8.0 up to the current great and is it available on the for ipad too i'm just thinking of my my dad who we just barely talked into getting an iphone <laughs> like a month ago he was still on an, a flip phone but he's really handy at the ipad he's able to navigate that so is it available on that as well ipad and iphone yes great so phone yes phones phones and ipad and so but would you recommend more of the ipad just to give more space more space and 
I read. Well, people use it on both. Um, okay. You know, they have it on the iPad and then they they program it also on the iPhone because the iPhone, you know, mobility wise out in the community, mm-hmm. it's it's less um, noticeable. Right. So with the Apple SharePoint family share plan, if they had mm-hmm. two devices, they could with the same Apple ID, they could load mm-hmm. it on both of the devices. If someone has vision, visual problems, then the iPad would be better because right. the iPhone obviously is smaller. And so the the grid board is going to be smaller as well. Right. Right. So, Jania, what do you have plans for new technology or new app or what's 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 the future going to hold for you with with this? We have a, a short list of new features to add to assist with navigation, um, also to be able to add voices, different voices. Right now, we have a choice of two, um, and we have a few other navigational items that we're going to be introducing or that, we're working on. Like over the next year or two, you think? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, what kind of uh, sorry? What kind of feedback have you gotten from um, people using it from speech language pathologists, from uh, clients? What what have they said about it, and if they like it? Um, they do like it. They like it because it is photo, you know, one hundred percent photo based, uh, which is easy for many individuals to recognize a photo. Um, and and because it's you know kind of it's contextual and it's familiar, yeah. um, we have users in fourteen countries. Wow. Uh, we have users from a laryngectomy, glossectomy, all the way to stroke, supranuclear palsy, ALS, autism, Down syndrome. It's the gamut again. It's just it's based on that individual's likes you know we've had Mm -hmm. some failures we had uh an adult gentleman i forget what state um loved pictures loved the ipad but didn't like the ipad talking back liked music Mm -hmm. on the ipad but got very sensitive to the ipad saying i want you know i want to drink a water right Um, so you know we've we've had failures we've had um you know, and I don't, it's really not a failure. It's it's a preference. You know, we have individuals, um, the feedback that I get that, you know, the parents really wanted it, but are the kids, I mean, the kids really wanted it for their parent, but their parent mm-hmm. wanted nothing to do with the mm-hmm. technology. Mm-hmm. So it's, again, it's just very personalized, individualized. It's based on people's personality. One consultant, one consulting appointment that I had was a young lady who had a stroke and her speech as she got tired through midday became very unintelligible and she got really frustrated. She could navigate app to speak. She loved it. She thought it was good, but she did not want to use it because she wanted to be able to use her own voice. Right. Mm. So I'm sure you, you've had individuals, you know, with preferences and 
you know, I try to tell them it's, it's a stepping stone, you know, you're in mm-hmm. therapy, you're in rehab. And for the times you're getting frustrated, your family's not understanding, this can be the substitute for that time. It's your backup when your speech isn't working. Because AAC is not always permanent. It could be temporary mm-hmm. during during rehab. It could be temporary for surgery or intubation. You know, it's it's and then it can be a stepping stone, you know, the stepping stone to when their voice, they they recover and their speech is intelligible and they're able to communicate using their own voice. Yeah. Well said. So, so, you know, how can people find you or find the app and get get linked up with, with this great technology? Our website is apptospeak.com. That's A-P-P, the number two, speak.com. Um, you can find, it's easier to find uh, our website and then click on the iOS Apple tag to get to the app because Apple has so many so many apps you can type yeah. in exactly what you want and right. you might spend and five minutes with a bunch. Yeah. And it is it a like a subscription based or one time fee based? Great question. It is a one time fee based. Great. It's one seventy nine ninety nine. Uh, one time fee. We provide the complimentary fourteen day trials, consultations, virtual demonstrations. As I mentioned earlier, with the family share, Apple family share plan, if the individuals have multiple devices that are on this the one Apple ID, they can download it once, but to all those devices. And we also have a mini version. We just came out with the mini version about nine months ago. And the mini version is just like the name mini. It is one preset page, it's five custom photos, and then the feel for the text-to-speech, and that is $14.99. And we decided to put that out there because we we get many emails through our con- uh, contact us emails, and it could be one and two o'clock, and they're anxious to set up a trial. So for those, for $14.99, for $15, they can get their hands on it right then and there and and try it. And then we also developed it for professionals who don't have a good a big budget, but they want to have a resource and have it so they can try it with a client. And the other um, reason that I found found out through people reaching out is end of life. So someone who loses their ability to communicate, but they're also at their end of life. It is so important for them to be able to communicate. So for a small fee, they can download the mini version and they will have um, the ability to be able to communicate the basic wants and needs and some custom needs as well. That's great. Yeah, I can see that being really helpful for that situation and for SLPs that just want to try it out and see if it will work for their clients. So why don't you give us the website one more time? Apptospeak.com. Awesome. Well, Gina, thank you for joining us on the podcast and good luck with everything that you're doing. It's very, very exciting. Well, thank you. 
I want to thank Gina Baldwin for joining us on the podcast. And please go check out her app, app to speak and you might be able to use it in your practice. And thank you for joining us on this episode. Always leave us a five-star review. That helps us to move up in the rankings and attract more listeners, which is what we want to do. I also want to thank TheraPlatform for being a sponsor of this episode. And until next week, be safe and be kind. This has been a production of the 3C Digital Media Network. 